G'day, this is Mark Pesci, and welcome to Series 9 of This Week in Startups Australia. Throughout Series 9, we're focusing on one question. What is it that makes a startup successful? Is it a great idea? A great team? great customers, or is it something else altogether? This is an important question for all startups. It's a fundamental question, and on this series, we're looking for answers. We've been talking to people who have been successful. We've asked them how it happened, and we're talking to people on the start of their journey to success. As we draw to the close of Series 9, we're narrowing our focus on success. So we've invited one of the primary movers of Australia's startup ecosystem to join us for their reflections on what it takes to make a startup succeed. Plus, it's almost time for another Spark Festival. What's up this year? We'll learn all the details on this episode of This Week in Startups Australia. Twister is sponsored by Odoo a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you scale your business. Go to odoo.com slash twista to check it out. This Week in Startups Australia is also sponsored by User Testing. Experience what your customer experiences with user testing. Request your free trial at usertesting.com slash twista and get the fast human insights you need to make more informed business decisions at scale. This Week in Startups Australia is sponsored by Squarespace. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. Go to squarespace.com slash Twista for a free trial. Twista's production partner for Series 9 is UTS Startups, where they're equipping a new breed of startup founders by inspiring students to launch their own venture and build the foundation for a successful career. To learn more about UTS Startups, go to startups.uts.edu.au. For the very first segment of the very first episode of This Week in Startups Australia, I knew that I needed to knock it out of the park. I needed a rock star, and I knew who I needed. Ian Gardner was already, back in 2014, both a successful entrepreneur and the founder of the Innovation Bay Investors Forum. And since then, he's gone from strength to strength. He helped Amazon Web Services gain a foothold in Australia's startup community and now serves as an investment partner at Gilix Ventures. And as we move to the close of Series 9, it seemed a very good idea to sit down with Ian and ask him some hard questions about success because he's seen it from both sides. Ian, 
Welcome back to This Week in Startups Australia. Oh, it's great to be back. Yeah, every time you do an intro like that, I get uh, embarrassed and flattered. And, you know, I think I was uh, episode one, series one, so even more flattered. So, yeah, I've loved watching your journey and, yeah, great to be back. And and I have to say, it was, wasn't until someone had told me that the feed had broken because I redesigned the feed a couple of years ago. And basically everything before series six was inaccessible until a month ago. Mm. And I had to sort of rebuild the feed. So now everyone can go back on the website and on the feed and go listen to you on episode number one. All right, let's get stuck in. You have seen a lot of startups. You have advised a lot of startups. You have invested in a fair few startups. So if you want to boil it down for us, what attributes do you look for in founders as the hallmarks of success? Yeah, I was giving this some thought um, uh, this morning. And there's one like shining example, like one sort of thing that if they have it, everything else almost becomes secondary. Uh, and that is past performance. So if someone has done it before, it kind of makes it obvious that they're going to do it again. And it's, you know, you'll see the financial disclosures. It's like past performance is no indicator of future performance. Uh, but when it comes to startups, it, it often is. Uh, I mean, there's so much that's unknown and uncertain about the startup journey. But if you've done it before, if you have proven yourself in the arena, uh, you know, getting blooded in battle and coming out the other side and you've built a good business and you've maybe had a successful exit, that is the number one indicator of success. Um, I mean, there's a few other things in there as well, uh, which are almost as important. I mean, look, they probably are as important. So uh, the second one I'd say is the ability to learn. So like, are you coachable? Do you learn from your mistakes? Um, can you, um, you know, do you have the curiosity to want to learn and to get better? Uh, and that is an amazingly a uh, powerful hallmark for for success as well. Uh, tenacity um, is another one, uh, and, and that's one of the big unknowns. Because if you're if you're not proven as a founder, uh, the tenacity is the, the big one. It's like if, if someone comes up to you in the street and whacks you in the nose, it's going to hurt. Uh, some people will just you know fall down in the gutter and you know want to run away and go back to their their day job. Others will get back up and say, "Is that all you've got? Come at me again." Uh, I've got some for you too. I mean, it's just it's, it's that ability to to take hits, uh, rebound, and learn from them and, and move on. Um, yeah, look, look, there's plenty of others, Mark, and I'm sure we'll get into them. So you, you touch on two things that I want to sort of take a look at because you talk about teachability. And one of the things we also hear through this is that founders also need self-knowledge. They need to know what they're good at, and they also need to have a very clear sense of what they aren't good at so that they can try to not focus on the things that they're not good at so that they don't sort of build a weakness into their startup. Tenacity is a fundamental virtue, but when it's carried too far, it can also be a fundamental weakness. Like you actually do have to know when to yield. So how do you see founders who are successful negotiating that? How do they square that circle? Yeah, I don't think there's a standard answer to that. And I've got, you know, scars in my back from just that question. I mean, I stayed too long in my first startup, you know, and part of that, you know, you know, I'm pretty tenacious and resilient and and also very loyal. But when it comes to solving problems within your business and just trying to, you know, find the next uh, customer or solve the next problem or get the next investor on, that tenacity is incredibly powerful. 
But when it comes to knowing when to give up, especially as a founder, it's really, really difficult. And there's there's no actual answer to this. I mean, I was, I was chatting to a founder yesterday about this and, you know, her business is kind of on the ropes. Uh, you know, she needs to pay the mortgage and get a new job. And, you know, the easy thing to do is just to throw in the towel and say, look, it's done. Uh, I'm going to give up. Uh, I'm going to um, get a real job. Um, you know, but as the, as you know, and again, it's easy to be the quarterback uh, coach here, but, you, you know, you, you sit there. And for me, it was like, have you talked to the bank? You know, the bank will give you a six-month holiday. Uh, you've already proven that you've got product market fit and COVID and, you know, uh, border closures has affected her. You know, so, but I think there were some things that she wasn't considering around that. So, you know, and again, that that is, it, it's nuanced and it's different for everyone, but t- tenacity can be taken too far. And, you know, I, I speak from experience with that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I have my own experience with this of really people having to tell me it was time to close the business because, you don't want to give up. And it's, it's some of it's that, you know, I mean, you talk about a startup founder throwing in the towel. In general, they're also throwing in a whole part of how they've defined themselves and who they are as people and and their hopes for themselves around that. And that's, I think, a lot of where that tenacity comes from is that we build an idea of who we are around that idea of tenacity. Now, when you sort of bring that out a little bit and you, you founders need to have great teams around them to succeed. So let's widen that circle. We identified some qualities that founders need. What are the qualities that the founders need to look for in that immediate circle that's building the business with them? Look, it's a great point. And, and again, it, it varies, you know, so like what, what you need, uh, as you're starting with your first hire or your, you know, normally your first 10 hires or so, like the people that will report directly to you and that you've got full control of, that's going to be really different to your thousandth hire, you know, because when you're up at that, you know, hundreds or thousands, you know, you've got a structure and you've got uh, different skills for different stages. Uh, and, and what's amazing about some of the, um, you know, the incredible founders we've got, like, you know, Scott and Mike at Atlassian and Mel and Cliff at um, Canva, I mean, they have scaled with their business uh, just perfectly. Uh, but not everyone in your team uh, and not everyone uh, in their teams will have done that either. And I'm sure they are full of stories about, you know, we, we hired engineering manager A. They were fantastic as the first manager and they had direct reports. But when it came to being managers of managers, it started, the wheels started falling off. Um, so there's no good answer to that. Um, you know, and really you just need to be nimble, like, and, and continuously appraise the structure of your team and if you have the right people in the right roles. Uh, and again, you need a mechanism in place, I think, to be able to, to do that. So every quarter, you, you know, pull in your HR manager or just do it yourself. It's like, do we have the right people in the right roles for the next stage that we're heading into? Because uh, it's going to vary. How do you as a founder practice the kind of, I guess, empathetic honesty with those reports so that those reports feel comfortable saying, you know, I am now getting above my head here and it's time for me to transition to another role and to bring someone in who can take the ball to the next point. Uh, we, we, we talk a lot about this concept of radical candor. Um, you know, so just be, it's not, and that's not, you know, you're not going to put people in a corner and start throwing rocks at them. I mean, that's not really the, the point of radical candor. It's just the ability to be brutally honest Um even to the point of maybe offending or stepping on some toes. But if you do it, if it's, if it's clear within 
the organization's culture that that is the way that you want to operate. And people are coming on and they're being hired and measured and talked to with that same approach. If that culture is known, then it's an incredibly powerful uh, way of doing it. So it just means that you can have those hard conversations like, well, look, Mark, are you right for this role? Uh, you know, you've struggled with the following uh, examples and, you know, we're moving into this next phase. You've, you've seen, you know, we've talked about this with the strategy. We're not sure that it's going to be right. And then you can have an honest discussion about it because there may be some disagreement. Um, but yeah, Radical Candor is, is, there's a book, I can't remember who wrote it, but there is a book called Radical Candor that's worth having a look at. And it's, uh, it's super interesting. All right. You're listening to This Week in Startups Australia. We'll be right back. Twista is proudly sponsored by Odoo. One of the toughest parts of building a company is choosing which tools and service providers to use. There are so many functions in a startup and each space has endless vendors. There's sales tools, email marketing, accounting, HR and payroll, project management, customer support, point of sale, e-commerce. It goes on and on and eventually you end up with a Frankenstack of tools that cost a lot and don't integrate properly. Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you scale your business. For instance, their accounting products are perfect for anyone who is ready to upgrade from Excel or QuickBooks, but doesn't want to break the bank with some of the more expensive options out there. It's simple and modular, so you use what you need and all of their apps integrate perfectly with each other. Your first app is free forever. And right now, Odoo is offering a $1,000 credit on your first implementation pack. That's not a joke. Take $1,000 off. Go to odoo.com slash twista to check it out. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash twista. Welcome back to This Week in Startups Australia. We are here with ecosystem legend Ian Gardner talking about success. Now, Ian, let me turn this around because you have history here too. So if you reflect on your own journey, you've already done that in the first segment. What are the attributes within yourself that you think have contributed most to your own success? Yeah, and, and they're probably slightly different to uh, to the ones that, that, that were before. I mean, the number one that I said before was past performance, you know, and you've got to start somewhere. Um, you know, so when I reflect honestly on the, the journey, I don't necessarily think I've been super successful. I mean, I, I feel like the jack of uh, all trades and master of none. I mean, that's, I guess, what more, a lot of CEOs are, are like. I have done a lot of things. You know, I've I've done the, the startup stuff. I've done uh, the investing stuff. I've done the ecosystem stuff with Amazon and Innovation Bay. And I think I have had some success with them, but not the, you know, Atlassian or Canva. Um, but when you think back to how it all started, I mean, the number one thing for me was 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 around sport. Uh, I mean, when I was at, uh, I was managed to get into Oxford. I mean, that's a sort of slightly different question, but you know, and it wasn't because I was super smart; it's just because I worked hard. And maybe there's a lesson in that too. But when I went there, you know, Oxford was known for rowing, so I took up rowing. Um, I didn't expect much of it, and you know, within three years, I was uh, in the uh, the Blue Boat, which was the the main Oxford boat against Cambridge. And the story of how I got there was was kind of like this opportunistic, 
you know, maybe there's some slight talent, but it was mostly just down to being opportunistic and some ha- having some hard work and having a fair bit of luck in my side. But ended up, you know, stroking the boat, um, you know, so as a, the kind of the quarterback of the crew, and we won it. Um, and that was probably the number one moment because it gave me confidence and self belief. Um, and that, you know, when I keep thinking back to hard situations, and you know, rowing's a nasty sport, and that particular race is is really nasty because it goes on for bloody 17 minutes uh, so it's just painful the whole way um, and when you come through that and you've been successful even though you've come from a position of not really being qualified to get into it I keep looking back on that and thinking well that is maybe that was my past performance thing but yeah confidence and self-belief driven by a real competitive I mean I, those that know me uh, will, will say that I'm pretty competitive I took one of those Gallup skill tests and there's not many people get that competitor as number one, but that was by far my number one. You know, so I, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't think I'm, I'm a decent loser, but I don't like losing, um, and I'm very driven by success and being measured against others. So for me, that's that's probably the number one. So, I mean, what you're doing is you're taking a, a success that wasn't exactly in the field, but you're saying that the skills that brought you that kind of success, which were, you know, I guess. Work again, and you know it's going to sound almost like platitudes, but it's focus and hard work. That there's nothing wrong with it. That that's that entry level. That's that first leg in what defines past performance. Yeah, and and discipline. I mean, the, the discipline that comes from anyone who's been an elite athlete knows just how hard it is. And just some days you just absolutely do. You know, it might be pouring with rain or freezing cold, or you're just tired, or you're hungover, or whatever the the answer might be. You don't want to go training. Those are the moments and it's those, you know, your life is made up of millions of small moments. And if if you can shift the balance in those small moments to make better decisions and generally speaking, harder decisions, you know, every decision you have, if you in, in you know, when you're weighing them up are in, in more, more cases than average, taking the harder decision, you are more likely to be successful. That is gold right there. So I feel like, okay, you have now answered that question beyond any expectation. So I have one final question for you. There are a lot of people who listen to the show who are starting out on their journey as startup entrepreneurs. What do they need to look for in themselves? What are the traits that they need to cultivate in themselves to put themselves on the road to success? Uh, look, it comes back to that self-belief. I mean, it, you have to be confident in, in yourself. Um, the hardest thing about startups is starting. It's just getting out your comfort zone and being prepared to take the risk on yourself and on your business. Even, you know, uh, I'm sure everyone's heard this analogy before, but, you know, a startup is like jumping out of a plane without a parachute and then trying to work out how the hell you're going to build some kind of parachute to break your fall on the way down or, or you know, or, or get a better landing or build another plane uh, whatever it is, but you, you know, not necessarily everyone has. Uh, you, you, you should have a plan uh, for sure, but nobody, uh, especially in hindsight, uh, thinks that that plan was right to to start with. So, yeah, self confidence uh, to know that if you jump out the plane, it's going to be okay. Um, and sometimes it won't, and sometimes that's really hard. Uh, but that, for me, would be the number one, uh, uh, number one, yeah, number one uh, trait that I would be looking for. So does that mean that if someone's a natural warrior, then they may not be well-suited? Or if they are, then how do they get comfortable with that self-confidence? A natural warrior, did you say? Yeah. 
an, an, a neurotic, I think would be the more common phrase, but a natural warrior, someone who's, who's too worried to really be self-confident. Sorry, maybe it was the, it was the Scottish-American translation there. I thought you said warrior. <laughs> you said warrior. Um, yeah, that's very different. Uh, yeah, so if you're a natural warrior, that, that does uh, play into, because there's always a good reason not to launch a startup. Um, and if that reason is outweighing the self-confident, you know, shut up, uh, worrying aspect of me reason, you're, you're not going to do it. And if you do it, then you may be, you, you may be a little risk averse when it comes to it. And you can't be risk averse when it comes to startups. You know, you have to be confident and you, you have to roll the dice, uh, knowing that it might not, uh, it might not come up, uh, with the number you want. Um, yeah. So again, no good answer, but just get started. So when we come to that, you know, is it, does it make sense then for someone, particularly when they're younger to go work with a startup so they can learn from the founders of that startup about building that self-confidence so they can expand their own ability to be able to feel comfortable in situations where they might not have? But potentially, uh, again, it depends on the individual. Um, I mean, th there's so much more available now, like when, you know, you and I were starting, I in particular, you know, I went go back 20 years uh, starting it. There was nothing. There was no ecosystem. There was no Startmate Fellowship. There was no accelerator you could join. There was no This Week in Startups Australia that you could listen to and get insights on. None of that existed. Uh, so it's very different now. Um, so like, you, you want to be filling yourself with as much ammo as you can. So for some people, that is going to be learning from experience. And sure, if you can get yourself in, in the Antler program or, you know, get yourself co-founder or first employee with a startup, you are going to learn a lot from that. But it's not the same. You know, that is very different to actually going out and doing it yourself. Uh, and again, it maybe comes down to the, the scale of the problem that you want to solve. I mean, like one of the questions we ask as investors is, like, why are you solving this problem? Like, why has this kept you awake at night? And why is this the thing that you are staking a big chunk of your life and reputation and risk profile on. And if that is something that you absolutely have to solve because, you know, somebody you knew got sick from this thing and you're going to fix it or, you know, whatever it might be, that passion could dictate whether or not you're going to go and do it uh, versus just, you know, I've got, I think one day I'm going to have an idea and I really want to do a startup and I want to experience it. Sure. Jump in as an employee. You're going to learn a lot. But, but that passion to bring it back to what you were saying earlier, is the thing that helps you make the hard decision every time. Ian, thank you so much for joining us on This Week in Startups Australia. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Twista is proudly sponsored by User Testing. Are you launching a new product, developing a new prototype, rolling out a new campaign? User Testing lets you see, hear, and talk to your customers to understand how they experience your brand, your product, and your services. Chubby's, a men's casual apparel brand, gained valuable insights by asking some of their customers to explain why they love their chubby shorts when they wore them last, even asking for new product suggestions to guide their product roadmap. So put yourself in your customer's shoes with user testing. Request your free trial at usertesting.com slash Twista and get the fast human insights you need to make more informed business decisions at scale.
once again, it is that most wonderful time of the year. Spark Festival is back. Australia's annual celebration of all things startup will be running this October as it has every year since it started as part of Startup Week back in 2015. So to share with us all of the goodness of the 2021 Spark Festival, it is my pleasure to welcome back Festival Director Maxine Sharon. Welcome back to Twister, Maxine. Thank you so much, Mark. It's always a pleasure. Joining Maxine are two key contributors to this year's festival. So it's my pleasure to welcome to Twister first-timers Adriana Balotti and Biljana Rajcevic. Thanks, Mark. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Mark. Very happy to be here. All right, Maxine. What's happening for this year's Spark Festival? This year's Spark Festival is back and bigger than ever. Um, our um, policy for this year for event contributions was a policy of radical flexibility, which I came up with that term back in, in June and I wasn't sure, I, I didn't know how prescient it was going to be because I entered the programming uh, time of year thinking, you know, it's going to be largely in person. That didn't turn out. It's actually largely online again, but that's fine because we've got 100 plus events covering all aspects of startups, innovation, entrepreneurship, and just plain doing business in the 21st century. Um, the other good thing is we do have a few events in locations around Australia as well that are lucky enough to be planning in-person events still, all things being equal as October um, treads on. Uh, we've got in-person events in Adelaide at Stone and Chalk and we've got some in Perth with the guys at Space Cubed. We've got something in Brisbane and really excitingly, we've got something in Darwin as well. Really? Oh, my goodness. Rock Pitch is back. Back again. So, and Croc Pitch is more than just a pitching event. It's um, it is that in the evening, but it's also a full day of you know learning all the the skills and techniques and connecting about entrepreneurship. And the losers get fed to the Crocs at the end of the day, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we really <laughs> we really have seen this grow from something that was really centered around Sydney in 2015 to something that is really now a fully national event. And I, I guess even accelerated now by the fact that on the East Coast anyway, almost everything's happening online. Absolutely. absolutely. Like, you know, it, it's one of those COVID silver linings, which, you know, I'm, I'm reluctant to use that term in, in some ways because obviously COVID is a terrible thing which has affected so many people so horribly. But, you know, one good aspect of it for, um, for us at Spark Festival is that we have had the opportunity to become a truly Australia-wide activity, which we always wanted to do, um, but I'd never quite cracked how that was going to happen. And then, you know, this global pandemic came along and um, forced my hand. And here we are. We've now got events in, you know, I, I've actually forgot to mention a few places where we'll have live events. We've got events on King Island, would you believe, just off Tassie, and also Gundawindi, which I'm super excited about. Where is Gundawindi? Gundawindi is in South Queensland. It, that sounds like a South Queensland town name. It really does. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was very. I'm going to give a bit of a shout out. You can edit this out if you need to, but I'm giving a shout out to um, a racehorse that came from Gundawindi in the 1970s. It was very, very famous. So I always think of Gun Sind when I think of Gundawindi. Now, what are the key dates that we need to keep in mind for Spark Festival this year? Key dates. It starts on October 13. And it's all over on October 28th. So, um, you know, get your spark on in between um, those times. A few key events in that time. Um, first of all, our opening night, which, you know, traditionally would have been a big pate at the Sydney Startup Hub, which we had a massively successful one back in 2019. And I was so looking forward to doing that again at some stage, but didn't turn out this year. And to be honest, I love the idea of doing something that everyone in Australia can actually be part of in a meaningful way. So um, make sure you register for that. It will be 90-second pitches from about 30 of our, our lovely event hosts on that night. So it's actually a really terrific way, first of all, to connect in and find out what this community is all about, but secondly, just to get some nice executive summaries of that, that some of those 100-plus events on that program. So I appreciate it. can be very overwhelming when you go to the website. On that topic, now you have invited Adriana and Biliana to join us for their own versions of this. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's great to have you here, Adriana. I like to describe Adriana as my absolute go-to person for all things blockchain, crypto, and more recently, NFT. Um Let's have a bit of a chat, Adriana, about your Spark Festival event. What's happening? I am so excited about my Spark Festival event. I spent a day at an NFT Fest event yesterday. It was from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., 500 people, and I'm like, Australia is ready for NFTs. So um, the event is called NFT Sparkle, a deep dive into this fascinating new world, and it will be online on October 15th at lunchtime. And it's the first of three other NFT events, I think, Maxine? I believe there are, yes. Hot topic. Or three in total. Hot topic, indeed. So we'll go as deep as we can in these 60 minutes, covering the basics of what an NFT is, what do you need to know to get started. Uh, we'll also talk about legal responsibilities and implications. And finally, we'll explore different use cases. We all know that it's useful, can be used for art, but there are many other use cases. We will have an amazing panel. It's an ensemble of awesome humans. Um, Bok Puba, which, who is an Ethereum developer, a local legend here in Sydney. We have Hannah Glass. She's a senior associate at Kingwood and Mallison's. David Good who is the co-founder and producer at Future Art. Nia Kalon Butler, director at Emphasis, and she co-produced co the Play to Earn short documentary last year, which, you know, tell the story about people in the Philippines coping with COVID by earning tokens in a game, which is fantastic. And finally, we'll have Phil Talbot from Authentium, which is a supply chain that wants to empower farmers. Very interesting. To recap... Uh, NFT Sparkle is on October 15th at 12.30 and you can find us on Spark's website. Just click on the blockchain tag 
and will be the first event listed, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Membership has its privileges, Adriana. Absolutely. Yes, I think so, Maxine. You know, I've been a Sparky since the the, the inception. You have. I remember you contacted me way back in 2016 and you wanted to do some sort of blockchain hackathon. And I asked myself a question that I continued to ask myself for a couple of years, which is, what's blockchain? But you finally got me over the line to have a good answer to that question. And um, yes, as you know, I'm a full Web3 convert these days. And um, that's partly thanks to your amazing work, I must say. Amazing. And now Biliana is doing something around quantum computing, I think? Yes, Mark, that's correct. Um, So hi, everyone. I'm Biliana and I'm the engagement manager at Sydney Quantum Academy. Uh, a little bit about the SQA is we are a partnership between four of Australia's leading universities, Macquarie, University of New South Wales, University of Sydney and UTS. Um, and we're majority funded by the New South Wales government and also our partner universities. We were set up two years ago with a mission to harness Sydney's quantum technology expertise to develop diverse talents and a globally recognized quantum ecosystem through collaboration with academia, industry, and government. Um, and you all can go to our website, sydneyquantum.org, to learn more about all our activities. But one of our initiatives is the establishment this year of um, Quantum Innovators Network, with the aim to bring together entrepreneurially, uh, entrepreneurially-minded quantum innovators, investors, uh, and deep tech enthusiasts, and create a community where members have an opportunity to meet and support and learn from each other. Sydney has one of the highest concentrations of quantum scientists in the world, and we want to make sure that our capabilities are known domestically and um, globally. And so on Wednesday, October 20th, around lunchtime, I'll be chatting with Dr. Vikram Sharma, who is a co-founder and CEO of Australian startup Quintessence Labs. Research has demonstrated that future quantum computers, once they become powerful enough, may be able to break current encryption systems. And so QLabs is leading the development of next-generation quantum cybersecurity solutions that will keep our data safe from sophisticated attacks, such as those from quantum computers. And it is a great example of taking scientific research from academia, in this case, the Australian National University, and turning it into a commercial product. And so I'll be talking to Vikram about his startup journey, how he's building a global company from Australia, and also hear his views on the quantum computing risks to cryptography, as well as the future of cybersecurity. And again, it's happening on October 20th, um, 11.30 a.m. Please go to the Spark Festival website. Uh, Our tag is under cybersecurity, and you'll find us there. Brilliant. So, Maxine, there's a real variation. It's not just, you know, how do you build your SaaS startup, which a couple of years ago was really all we wanted to talk about in Australia and even in Sydney. But now we have Adriana doing real sort of fundamental work in blockchain. We have Bianca doing work in all of the areas. And I love this idea of actually creating the network, right? Because the network is where the innovation and the strength comes. So we, so Spark Festival 
is really finding its place then, Maxine, as the connector, right? It's the wiring under the map here. Absolutely. And that's, you know, how I've always, always approached Spark Festival, that I never wanted it to be some narrow thing. And I think this is another one of my strokes of genius, that I didn't want it to be just about startups. Like you mentioned that it, it grew out of a startup week, which was highly successful that happened in 2015. And then when I took on this role in 2016, I... I just immediately felt that startups was kind of limiting in a sense. Like I know that sounds counterintuitive because startups should be the new thing and it's just taking you everywhere. But what's happened, it's kind of come true over um, the intervening years that it's the startup sort of tools and techniques that all businesses are wanting to use now and not just wanting to use but it's actually a matter of life and death that they're going to have to get their heads around them. And so I'm really proud of the fact that I've made Spark Festival into this thing that's really welcoming and open to anyone who doesn't necessarily identify as, you know, some sort of unicorn founder or something like that, which, um, yeah, I love that about Spark. All right. What's the URL that listeners need to hit to go and sign up for these amazing events? The URL is very simple. It's sparkfestival.co, so .co, and we'll see you there in October. Thank you, Maxine. Thank you, Adriana. Thank you, Biana. And thank you all for joining us on This Week in Startups Australia. We'll be right back. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Twista is proudly sponsored by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. With Squarespace, you can blog, publish content, promote your business, announce upcoming events and special projects, sell products and services of all kinds, and much more. No matter what you need to do online, Squarespace has the answer. And don't take their word for it. Here's what the folks at Remote Demo Day have to say. Now, back in 2020, they decided to create Remote Demo Day for founders to pitch to thousands of angel investors live. They purchased the domain RemoteDemoDay.com and had the site up and running in minutes because Squarespace is so easy to use. Remote Demo Day has been a success so far, and Squarespace has played a huge part in that. From websites to online stores, from marketing tools to analytics, Squarespace has what you need to succeed online. Go to squarespace.com slash Twista for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the code Twista to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash Twista. Big thanks to Twista sponsors Odoo, Squarespace, and User Testing. Thanks to Ian Gardner, Maxine Sharon, Adriana Bellotti, and Biana Rakovic for making the time to come on to our show. Come visit our website at twistartupsaus.com. It's got everything, all the shows, all the interviews, all the photos, and all the links to all the stories, particularly now that we've fixed the website. So check it out at twistartupsaus.com. We're taking the next fortnight off, and then we will be back with the final two episodes in Series 9. Now that we have heard from a wide cross-section of Australia's startup community, entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem luminaries like Ian Gardner, what have we learned? 
we will review and amplify. That's coming up on our final two shows of Series 9. Until then, this is Mark Pesci thanking you for listening to This Week in Startups Australia. Thank you.